Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hello, bitches. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I I had a fun expedition to Tate Modern this week to see the Annie Albers exhibition. Oh, tell me about that. I will. It was nice. It's it's very big, and it's really. I don't know. It's very happy. There's something very kind of joyful about about her work. So it was a really lovely thing to go through, and when you walk in, there's a loom, so you're kind of immediately sort of hit by the the sort of physicality of weaving, and it's sort of bookended by that because there's another loom in the final room, and what I really loved in the final room also is there's like a split screen of three videos playing、um, that are showing. Someone weaving, and I think they're weaving something of hers, and I really found that quite mesmerising. And in a way, I I kind of would have liked a bit more of that because it really showed you how physical and engrossing weaving is, but also it's noisy. That it you know because、mm. it's a taste, it's very sort of quiet and irreverent, and this is fine art.、Mm. But suddenly it. It brought you into it being something very much connected to the body and movement and sound and you know the sound of the、um, I can't think what they're called going through or shuttles、going. I think shuttles、mm. you know it it's really noisy and I really like that because you know Annie Albers and it and this does come across really well in the exhibition that you know she wrote about how tactile it is. To be a weaver, and then also the tactile qualities of the textiles produced. So I thought that was like a really nice way to kind of lead you in and lead you out. I don't really know much about her. So it, was she connected to the Bauhaus? Or do I? Yes, she、hmm. was at the Bauhaus in the twenties, and I mean, you know, at the Bauhaus that they did a kind of almost like a foundation year where they did different kinds of art and design, and then she wanted to focus on. Finer on painting, but you know at the Bauhaus, even though it was meant to be sort of very equal and lovely, that in fact women were pushed towards things like weaving because that was seen as a woman's world.、Mm-hmm. So she en- she ended up in the weaving classes on the weaving course, but she kind of grew to love it more and more. And I think her work is very abstract. And she's married to Joseph Albers, and Paul Clay is one of her tutors. So there's a real kind of relationship. In the kind of exploration of color and form and kind of reduction of form that you see in 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 art of the period as well, and there's some of both of their work is in there as well, which is really nice. And it's something I really really liked is that you see how she works in different mediums. I mean, textiles is what she created; that's like her art form. But then I really loved there were.、Um, Little, I don't know what you call them, like diagrams, drawings that she did with pinpricks that are like patterns, but they look like、oh. beautiful minimalist art because it's just white paper with pinpricks, so it just gives it this texture. And also card that she sort of embossed, so there's a wall that's really beautiful that's just white embossed card that again she's exploring form and and texture、um, through through,、um, through on white card that looks. Amazing, and also which because I don't really understand weaving, even though I've had it explained to me by people 
weaving at the time. I still can't yeah, really get my brain yeah. around it. Because to me, it's just like maths, and I, I can't, It I don't know. Anyway, I also really love seeing graph paper that's a textile design on the graph paper because it just is like some weird magical event to me that you could think on graph paper but imagine the three-dimensional mm. loom yeah. and then also the textile that were pre-produced. I find that extraordinary that you go from sort of 2D to really three-dimensional to something that's both 2D and 3D somehow of the end textile. Yeah. So that, that I really, really loved seeing that. And, and I, her, I mean, the, her. her work is beautiful. It, I, you'd really like it. It's really beautiful. And is it like I... At the moment, I imagine sort of quite woolly things. Is that right? Or Well, there's a real mixture. Um, some are really sort of dense layers of weaves and different colours. And like there's one that's really beautiful that's greens and sort of corally colours that is called pasture. And you really get it. You can really see how it kind of takes you. It's almost like if you kind of screwed your eyes up a bit when looking at a meadow if you see what I mean yeah. because it's like kind of a bit blurry but like blobs of color as though they're like poppies strewn on a field really beautiful but there are some that are very ethereal um there's one there's, there's a room a huge room that has some of the wall hangings that she felt you should use instead of walls like she imagined a museum that had no fixed walls it just had textiles as wall hangings oh, wow. that could obviously be moved and some you can kind of see through or par partially see through so they alter the room beyond and there's a really beautiful one that's um slightly shimmery off-white that i thought was amazing and and would look incredible um in situ i mean I, it would have been nice to see more photographs of these in situ but yeah. they're beautiful I mean I did realize at one point that I was photographing all of the the ones that had like a metallic or a lurex or a cellophane <laughs> thread in them because they were slightly glimmery and I thought no you have to photograph matte as well um but that there's like one called La Luz which has got a gold cross on it but it's not like a solid cross it's it's very kind of shimmery within a sort of deeper darker context and there was her diploma work that she did for the Bauhaus which was a sound or not completely soundproof but like a sound muffling textile for an auditorium and that was incredible just as a fabric because it was it's kind of gunmetal that the the front of it is sort of gunmetal and really sort of like a dull shine really really rather beautiful and that was to reflect the artificial light in the auditorium that side so that it magnified the light there but the back of it was chenille so that it absorbed extraneous oh, sound wow. from having lots of people mm. and that again i kind of think wow the kind of brain that can think in a kind of multi-sensory way about what's needed within an architectural space how that translates into the graph paper which i'm so fascinated mm -hmm. by how you thread your loom to prepare that and then how you create this double-sided you know really different each side which has this function but also a kind of beauty to it mm. i the, was amazed that does sound amazing and mm. and the looms did they have anything on them was there or were they was it just the looms 
it it has like I think they're sort of set up for weaving and there was like Mm. yes yes so that you get this the the kind of feel of it yes exactly Mm. exactly and there there was also you know there's it, it sort of plots her life as well because obviously the Bauhaus um had to close when the Nazis came to power and she and Joseph Albers went to America and they went to um Black Mountain College which is this really sort of fascinating radical college in North Carolina that I think is just sort of out in the countryside and had a lot of really amazing people teaching there and really interesting students and there's beautiful photographs that I just loved of um, students sitting outside and they've threaded like to steady a hand loom they've threaded it through the struts of a balcony and they're like Mm -hmm. sitting weaving on hand looms which i think are are like latin american i think they have them in mexico and peru and they're wearing you know like bikini like bra Mm -hmm. tops and shorts and i thought now that i can get on board Mm -hmm. i would love that that would be very nice um even though i wouldn't actually be able to create anything i would enjoy i would enjoy the atmosphere i'm sure you would i think if you Mm. I've, i've never i've never really done it which is annoying i had an aunt who who was weaving oh and, really yeah and that she, was her job or no she was she was a teacher at first and then she, when she retired she took up of weaving and her her <gasps> work wasn't um abstract it was usually there was usually some something on it but mm. she i should have just tried it but i've never i've had a lot i had several <laughs> courses on explaining it to me and and some of it I, I get now, but the more com- the complex weaves, as we like to call them, if we don't know how to describe them, <laughs> I really I really don't understand. No. You know, like I mean, it, it's amazing. Mm. I did once go um, when I was in Stockholm. I went to an, a place. A really it was amazing where they still have 18th century jacquard looms, and that was incredible that they still weave on, or they did when I was there, and that was amazing. Well, apparently in Macclesfield, um, you can you can see people we weaving, and yeah. I, I always wanted to go there. And in yeah, the exhibition, it is really interesting. Do yeah. they? How do they display them? The, the, well, it's the interesting because well, a lot of them are framed like paintings, mm-hmm. which is both really beautiful but also a little frustrating because textiles are more connected to people than that, you know, and. I mean, it's difficult because how do you display them? But they look beautiful. And then they've got some, like there's a rug on the floor. There's rugs on the floor at various points. There's a bedspread. There's kind of some that are in cases sort of curved over something that must be supporting the top so you can see the the textures and the colours better. There's also, when she was at Black Mountain College, she also encouraged the students to make things from found objects. So there's some necklaces that are made of um like bobby pins for your hair and like corks and um sink strainers and things that are really nice and there's there's it gets a real sense of her gives you a real sense of her curiosity because there's there's these i think i don't know if that was at black mountain college or maybe it was later but she she met this knot theorist which i didn't even know that was a thing and did you just say knot theorist not as in um types of knot that you would tie things together with yeah that's what i thought you said how how incredible i mean i just think we should become that just so we can say with that yeah even though we 
Yeah, I mean, my dad did used to be in the knot tying society. Oh, really? Which was to do with him being, you know, into oh, yachts and things. Mm-hmm. I think there were probably like 30 members internationally. <laughs> anyway. And there's drawings that she did of knots, but and then like textiles that are knotty. So you can kind of see her thought processes and her exploration of how things intertwine and twist and knot, which is really lovely. And there's um, a room that's got kind of scrim around it. So you can see hazily into it from different points which is really nice and that's got lots of source material for books she wrote on weaving which were really really kind of seminal books on weaving and how architecture and weaving should be seen together you know or textiles rather and um, architecture should be seen together and also a lot about the tactile qualities of weaving um so yeah you get a really strong sense of her is that colder there in the background is that code and no? It's no. because my phone is running out, so I'm oh, trying to put the, the okay. plug in one handed, <laughs> which is quite weird. So it's not actually code. Did um, she? Um, does, did it influence her the way she dressed? What she was well, doing this or? is something that I kept, particularly having seen the Frida Kahlo last week, that I kept thinking I want more pictures of her because there's a great picture as you go in of her with other students in the weaving class at Bauhaus that's that's like it's really cute it's like their faces all poking through a loom it's really sweet and there's a couple of others but I thought yeah I would like more on more visuals of her and more of a sense of her because I don't know is the answer Mm -hmm. to that Mm -hmm. but it would be very interesting to know if she had interesting clothes or if she kind of I, well, yes, just in general, yeah. what she wore would be very nice to know. Mm. But yeah, you should go and see it. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, definitely yeah. want to see it. It's. I think it is like you sort of come out feeling inspired by this woman who is so sort of innovative and, yeah, they're just beautiful. Mm. It's beautiful things to see as well. Yeah. Mm. And have you, because didn't you go to see um, the yeah. 30s exhibition? I went to the opening of the 1930s exhibition, which is called Night and Day, at the Fashion and Textile Museum, which was on right. Thursday. And it's really, really nice. I really enjoyed oh, it. Um, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think one of the, it, it maybe is a stupid thing to say, but yeah, I've, I have seen a lot of 30s gowns and it is actually it is women's wear predominantly there are a few right. um, men's suits in there but not very many so I have I have seen quite a bit what we what we have at the museum but I've never you know I wouldn't get everything out and put it on a mannequin that we have yes. and we yeah, probably wouldn't, it... yeah we probably wouldn't even have that much and I, I asked at some point how many how many dresses are on display here? And and Dennis Northruff was the curator, and I think also now the director. He's at about one hundred and twenty. I wow. I almost thought maybe hundred and I would have said one hundred and fifty. Wow, that's incredible to see so much together. Exactly, and that really makes a difference to, you know, even if you've seen lots of films from the period and you sort of know about the the kind of fabrics that that were fashionable like there's a lot of satin and a lot of Mm. lame and a lot of crepe still seeing it all seeing so many that it makes a really a a difference it really rams it home in a way I bet Uh, and seeing all the bias cut and there were quite a lot of um, embellishments that were bows you know really big bows and smaller bows and 
there were a lot of things that came came through really strongly or that the back is really embellished the the other thing that's really interesting it's they so so what they've done is they've put in numbers so you, so you don't get captions you just get numbers with all the figures and then you get a, a booklet or brochure. It's really nicely produced where you get information about all the pieces. Oh, that's nice. It's really nice. But because it was the opening, etc., I didn't spend you know enough time to look at everything, what, sure. what everything was. So I had a look today. That's the other nice thing. You can take it home with you. And I saw that maybe only 10 of the items displayed are from a department store or a particular designer. Or maybe, well, at, That's the, interesting. at the very most 20. Yes. And I, I thought that was really interesting. You know, how it many... It is. It's how, nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how many things were still made by, by dressmakers or maybe even by the women themselves? Although yes. The ma- I was just I'm just wondering whether the majority is evening wear, but I don't think that's true. It's probably half and half. Right. Uh, and they have these different sections, which are all named after songs from the period, which I thought was really nice as well. Mm. And one big, the biggest set piece downstairs is is about evening wear and going out. And I saw a film with Dennis Northrup where he explains it was about going escapism, but also the everyday. So upstairs you get more of of the everyday, so you get more. That's very nice. Yeah, day dresses, and then there's a section about holidays. So you get a um, pajama, beach pajama, and swimming suit, and it's predominantly, apart from two items, the collection that they they work with these collectors quite often. They're called Cleo and Mark Butterfield. And I just, the mind boggles, you know, it, it, I, I've met Mark a few times and he said this yes. is about a fifth of what they have. Oh my period. God, I imagine. I know, it's, it's <laughs> oh incredible. And they've done it. And with, is it, so can I just ask, yeah. is it, do you think it's mainly British clothes or is it a mix? That, it's hard to say, I think. Right. From the few designers that there are and I remember there's Harrods, Fennec, I think there's also one Saks, I can't say that very well, Fifth Avenue, yeah, Yeah. there is a Becker Fees or Becker which we also have something at the museum I think which obviously must be French, Um, but without without any labels I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say whether a dress is is French, English or American, the the exhibition as such, in terms of the captions, are talking about what's happening in America and in England, not right. not, not much in, in Paris. Oh, um, that's interesting too. Yeah. And I wondered, now that you say that, I wonder whether this going to the, in inverted commas, little woman around the corner oh. to have your dress made, whether that was less done in in France, or whether that was more I don't know. Anything. I think they like their little local dressmakers in France very much. Yeah, so maybe that's um, yeah. yeah. The other thing I liked also is there is a section upstairs which is uh, all blue. Well, the the colors of the English flag, so it's blue, red, white, um, mm. which could also be other flags, of course. But it's about thirty seven and and the new um, royal couple. Mm coming king and queen and that is quite heavily accessorized so the mannequins also have scarves and brooches and generally they're quite a lot of hats as well yes that's and, good and that's that's really nice as well 
And I spoke to Mark about that a bit because he said he it's a lot of fun for him to, to do that. And I remember when we were photographing some things at the museum, we we put different things together, not necessarily yes. how they came in. But I always feel, I always wonder whether the person who owned one of the pieces would have liked what Yes, you, it's I difficult, always, isn't it? Because mm. it really brings an outfit, well, it makes an outfit, but... And it and it sort of evokes the period, but it's kind of tricky because it then takes away from a person's individual style. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's very difficult. Mm. And but then, nice to see the accessories. Yeah, and and then what also is part of it, which they've done quite a few times now, is that upstairs in one of the rooms there are lots of photographs. Right, that's nice. Too. Yeah, so they're upstairs. They're mainly Cecil Beaton, or all uh, of them are Cecil Beaton. And then downstairs, there's a big wall. They're they're dotted about and a bit more than that. But downstairs, there's a a big wall with Paul Tanqueray and um, Dorothy Wilding, and maybe more Beaton. So quite a few different. Uh different photographers from the period and that's really nice as well and upstairs upstairs they also have a a little section where they have sewing implements and a sewing machine um so that was a little bit about yeah people making making things themselves so i thought it was i i really liked it and then then the big the big set piece they've color-coded so that must have been fun so it goes from red white peachy dresses to ends with with green dresses and the one one of the designer pieces is a victor stiebel and it's a sort of peachy number and well you must have been pleased with that yeah i was very pleased with that and the person who lent it said that it was an exit dress and i'd never heard that that. exactly i said that and i'm not sure it's an official term but he said yeah. it looks really good on your way out oh i see how funny yeah so it has bows again at the back but generally yeah as we know the back is a big big feature yes. at that, at that and period. also i always think like if you're going to the kind of dinner parties where there's kind of you know just standing around talking then a lot of what people see of you is your back true so it's important to have a good back look yeah, I think maybe that's something, well, maybe not you, but I, I definitely need to work on that. I think my back look is... Uh, <laughs> we need we need better exit looks, Beatrice. Yeah, I think... We, we need, need to think about, our, you know, the impression we leave as we leave, you know, when we're yeah. going. Yeah. The, well, another thing the there, was, there was quite a lot of was little cape and capelets, so maybe oh, that would be nice. something for us. Yeah, I think both of us could could really work a cape or a capelet yeah just saying the word if just saying the lot. word is pleasing yeah and lastly the, the the there is a section called life is just a bowl of cherries which apparently also was a song in the 30s which is more romantic organdy sort of summer dresses nice. and it was meant to be a garden party and what they tried to do is not to have any flowery dresses so, which they didn't quite succeed in, but almost, yes. almost. And I feel you don't see those so much, the romantic ones. I don't know. No, I mean, I bet they haven't survived as well. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, yeah. I mean, or, I don't know, but just they're so fragile looking. That's true. And I guess also because some, at least one that, that they have in the exhibition really has quite big puff sleeves. 
Yes. And I guess once that's out of fashion, that's sort of it. You can't really wear that anymore. But well, then... also those were fashionable just before the war broke out, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, I guess. And then people, they disappeared. Yes. Oh, it does sound good. I can't wait to go. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. As I said, the main main thing about seeing so many many yes. pieces and seeing the fabrics. Um, and also how slim they all are. I don't quite... Well, again, is that, that is that the case, that women were slimmer? or is it, I mean, definitely women were slimmer in general, but also is it that those ones survived because not so many people could fit in them yeah. or they're not cut-upable? I guess it must be. I don't know. It must be part Because I think it is... I think, it, you know, yes, people do get bigger, like taller and bigger, as you go through 20th century to now. But I do think it's also about what survives that yeah. could be re- effectively recycled. And I guess the other thing is with with these dresses, they look really well in the exhibition, but they are actually difficult to display, particularly mm. the evening dresses, because because of the bias cut, they're so... Yes. Um, Elastic is not the right word, but you know what I mean. No, it is. It is the right word. So you don't actually know. You know, they put them all on slim mannequins, but someone much bigger could have got into them. Well, that's the thing. That's Mm. the thing. You you know, mannequins are sort of smoothed out and perfected, but it might be someone who has little lumps and bumps wearing it. But just that's not what the fashion imagination prefers shall yeah. we say and I guess that's also not what you would have got from Hollywood which I'm mm. sure shapes my idea quite a bit of what what the you know the 1930s yeah. woman looked like um, do they have film clips in it in the uh, show? They, they have just at the beginning you know when you go in there's always a room mm. on the left and there's Pathé footage there but I think it's more to set the um, tone and theme in yes. terms of the crash, stock market crash. Right, and right. So it's not so much... I didn't stay that much in there, so I don't know. I didn't see the whole film, but it's not so much, I think, about fashion. It's more about what was happening in the yeah, world. Like and the context. Have a, yeah, they have a timeline in that room, what happens in the in the different years. And, yeah, so I think it's more, more that. And later on, they don't have clips. It's more the, the photos... Yeah. the context but they are of course all society so it's a lot of portraits predominantly society people um, and are the clothes from that sort of social echelon as well again it's hard to say there is a lot of evening wear as i said but mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's from from that um group of of people no. so um and then the, there are quite a few simpler dresses as well there's a whole there's a small display about the typing pool you know women who go out to oh work. that's nice that's good yeah so there are no i think no it it it, it isn't it is it is it's wider than that yeah it's, that's it, really nice it's a mix and things that they obviously must think were self-made for whatever reason yes um, because you can't from just looking at the outside it's sort of almost impossible to tell yeah so, oh that sounds really good yeah no. and i i think we both need to work on our exit dresses yeah no let's 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 do that i think that's that's my takeaway yeah that my, mine too so. yeah that that we need to think about that for next week at yeah. the latest okay okay i'll i'll okay. do that
Yes. Wonderful. Great. Well. Okay. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon then. Yeah, I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.